Hey, welcome to the V1 Church Podcast. You're about to hear a message from our lead pastor, Mike Signorelli, as we continue our series, Movement Makers. Let me tell you, this is a power-packed message from beginning to end, so make sure you listen all the way through, and we'll see you on the other side. Well, hey, can everybody help me welcome everyone who is watching online right now? Come on, put your hands together, and let's welcome them. I might have to get one of my old-time preacher rags from somewhere if I can. Aren't you glad to be here today? Oh, now listen, I'm just going to preach to you for a short while. You know, for those of you who are standing up, you probably could find some seats to fill in if you want. Maybe if if you're still wet, please stay in the lobby, though. (laughs) Uh, Please stay in the lobby if you're wet. Uh, We do have a food truck outside, so we are going to party down with some bacon. Uh, because all Christian festivals are relegated around bacon. <laughs> Just celebrating our freedom in Christ. Can we eat it? Yes, we can. And if you're a vegan, we have no accommodations for you because you need deliverance. <laughs> my, my daughter, Bella's 14. She's like, Dad, I'm thinking about becoming a vegan. I was like, why would you ruin your life like that? Somebody vegan's like, well, it's not the church for me. I'd rather offend you now. (laughs) It's going to be a lot of meat being consumed in this parking lot now that we finally got our own space. I want to start by giving honor to the team. This team is incredible, guys. This is the all-star squad. These people are merciless. These people have made the devil tap out. You know, the Bible says resist who? Who? Resist the devil. Well, why resist? Because his superpower is endurance. Can I just start preaching? Why does it say resist the devil? Because his main power, his main strategy is persistence. And so guess what? You've got to outlast him. And you know what I love about this crew? And this crew in this room comes from many different states. They are the most stubborn, (laughs) hard-headed, stiff-necked for Jesus. (laughs) And God has redeemed a stubbornness in this church, and people are relentless. We had people here last night till midnight. We had somebody come in at 2 a.m., dialing stuff in, and so much preparation has happened. But after seeing those precious lives baptized and knowing what God's going to do in this service, it was all worth it. It was all worth it. I'd do it again. I'd do it again. I went to go pick up our mail from the, from the movie theater down the street. And they're like, are you guys coming back? And I was like, nope, (laughs) maybe to see a movie. (laughs) You all hurt me. (laughs) I was triggered walking in that movie theater. I was like, praise God, I can't even think about this. I'm I'm having a panic attack in here, (laughs) thinking about every time at noon, kicking us out on the contract. I'm like, there is grace in the kingdom, but there is not grace in the movie theater. And every week we're like, guys, we're going to not have a home if we don't get out of here by noon because you all know aliens and mutants and, you know, all this stuff's about to display on the screen and it's been crazy. And, you know, we prophetically uh, started a campaign at the beginning of the pandemic and the campaign was entitled Indivisible. Do you guys remember that? Who remembers that? And, you know, when we launched it, it was the very beginning of the pandemic And as I was preparing to come to church and preach this message to you, I thought, what a prophetic declaration because we didn't know that how divided our world was going to be when we launched Indivisible. Do you guys ever think about that? And we didn't know that race riots were on their way. 
We didn't know that people that you had long-standing relationships with your entire life were suddenly gonna become your worst enemy on Facebook. We didn't know that was coming, but we knew that God spoke first. Isn't it amazing that God does nothing first without first revealing it to his prophets? Isn't it amazing that like our church declared indivisible and so today is a celebration that nothing, no nothing could separate us from the love of the Father and here we are again. Matter of fact, did you know that conflict has the ability to increase your relationship? See, you don't know that you got something real until it's tested. You don't know, you, listen, when everybody comes, Pastor Mike, we wanna get married. And then I check back in them, how's your first year of marriage? Oh, it's so amazing. I'm just like, either you're lying, <laughs> and don't be lying to the pastor, um, or you're not pregnant yet. Because <laughs> you will need, so I, you know, there's a reason why we sold out of our last two marriage conferences, because none of us know what we're doing. And a church is like a marriage. The Bible says that we are the body of Christ and, and we are the bride and Christ is the groom. And in that relationship with each other, we are gonna be tested. But I thank God for the last year because I believe that this is the process that God sovereignly uses so that the church will be without spot or blemish. And so I thank God for the arguments. I thank God for the, the tension. I thank God because what I feel is that V1 Church came out on the other side stronger. And if you're here right now, you know that we can actually be united in the midst of a crazy, divided world. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1 declares, Now faith, say it with me if you know it. Let me know where my saints are. I'm going to do it in KJV for the real holy crew. <laughs> now faith is the substance of things hoped for. Come on, say it. And the evidence of things not seen. We put up a baptismal when nobody was in here because faith said it's gonna be full. We built a church not knowing when the pandemic was over, but when they said, hey, you might not have to wear your mask if you're vaccinated, I said, praise God. Because I'm tired of waiting to have church and this building opened up on a divine timeline. It really did. And we still got people mad at us for not opening Queens, but I just want to tell, us, tell you, we don't own that building. <laughs> and they physically won't let us in yet. But when they do, we'll rush in there and light our torches. And you better be the first one there and a tither. <laughs> because your faith better have some action. <laughs> I'm just being mean. <laughs> the New Yorkers like mean Pastor Mike sometimes, though. <laughs> faith is the substance of things hoped for the evidence of things not seen Luke chapter 1 verse 30 you have this woman by the name of Mary it says she has found favor Mary's found favor among women because she ne not necessarily was a theologian she wasn't necessarily well versed in scripture the Bible didn't say that your intellect qualified you well it didn't say that you're just so good at being so righteous and so holy. Actually, what it said is because of the purity and the devotion of her heart, Mary has found favor in the eyes of God. And because of that, you will conceive supernaturally by faith this baby who will be called Emmanuel, God with us, and then Jesus will be birthed into the earth. God, 100% man, 100% God, and you have found favor, and Mary, even being qualified for this job, 
says this. I don't know how this can be so. I don't know how it's possible. And in Luke chapter one, verse 30, the angelic messenger declares, but the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. Somebody say, don't be afraid. You know, even when you know God, even when you know God's heart, even when you've been qualified because of the purity of your character and your soul to do something great for God, oftentimes the struggle that you will encounter will be a struggle with fear. Fear is always the first assignment to counteract faith. And an angelic messenger had to show up and say, do not be afraid, Mary, you have found favor. And then in Luke chapter one, verse 37, it says, for with God, come on, somebody preach this word with me. For with God, what does it say? Some things, a few things, the things that medicine has solved in 2021 right? That's the word, right? I mean, that's how we act as a church. That's how we act as a Christian. Uh, some things are possible. Oh, Pastor Mike got saved. Chris Wrigley got saved, but not my husband. He's irredeemable. You don't know my husband. For with God, some things will be possible, right? Come on, right? Some things, right? Oh, no, in Texas, in Texas where everyone's a Christian already because they're born into it and didn't even need Jesus or the cross, they can have churches that fill stadiums, but not on Long Island because we got better stuff to do because it's nice and we have a good beach. <laughs> so some things are possible. When I sold everything I had to move out here, I didn't need an angel to tell me what God already told me in the word. For with God, all, somebody say all, Somebody let fear and doubt, worry, apprehension, anxiety, let all the demonic spirits who've been tormenting your mind hear you say it. All things. All things. Come on. Sometimes you got to get louder than the voice of doubt. All things. Why can't we have Nassau Coliseum? Aren't we on the road to that right now? All things. You think that the cross is going to be overpowered by hockey sticks? Come on. You chopped a tree down to make hockey sticks, and then you can get into Nassau Coliseum. But my God chopped a tree down and became the forgiveness and remission of all sin. And we're taking all territory, all things. I'm talking to the single people who have given up on the idea that there's actually someone out there that can be actually a husband or a wife and not just a girlfriend or a boyfriend. Somebody just give a real pitiful all things. <laughs> and then when you find that person and realize the grass isn't greener on the other side, then you're like, I think I like being single better. <laughs> then you can go all things. <laughs> but you're going to end up in the fetal position no matter what. Because we all end up there. Stop romanticizing it. <laughs> you want to know the secret about being married? You want to be single sometimes. You want to know the secret about being single? You want to be married sometimes. The key word is sometimes. But you got to be faithful all the time. You better not be agreeing with me too much. Because <laughs> you know you're... Never mind. 1 Samuel chapter 1, verse 12 through 17. As she kept on praying to the Lord, Eli observed her mouth. Hannah was praying in her heart, and her lips were moving, but her voice was not heard. Eli, the in the temple priest, thought she was drunk, 
Verse 14, and said to her, how long are you going to stay drunk? Put away your wine. She says in verse 15, not so, my Lord, Hannah replied. I am a woman who is deeply troubled. I wonder if I have any women who are deeply troubled with something that they believe is possible but haven't seen it yet manifest in the natural realm. I wonder if there's a Hannah who believes all things but hadn't seen nothing. I wonder if there's a Hannah who believes in all things but hasn't seen nothing. People can see your lips moving and wondering if you're out of your mind. Sometimes you'll look crazy believing things that haven't happened for years. And you'll be shouting, I'm delayed but not denied, but you hate every second of that delay. You'll be shouting like crazy, trying to convince yourself with the new Maverick City music song that they that wait upon the Lord, but you are tired of waiting. Tired of waiting. And people say, I wonder if they're drunk. I wonder if they're crazy. Eli answered, now I want to go back in verse 15. Not so, my Lord, Hannah replied. I am a woman who's deeply troubled. I have not been drinking wine or beer. I like this translation, added beer in there, because you can't, you can't ever be too sure. <laughs> I was pouring out my soul to the Lord. Do not take your servant for a wicked woman. I have been praying here out of the great anguish and grief of my soul. And Eli answered, go in peace and may the God of Israel grant you what you have asked for. You know the story. When did she conceive? Was it during the prayer or during the declaration? <laughs> now, I never heard that. This is premium. This is Facebook premium you just stepped into. <laughs> Because she had been praying for a long time. But, and it said that it was like the words didn't come out of her mouth. And they perceived that when she was drunk. But when she declared to another human being what was going to happen, the prayer took on a prophetic dimension and it activated faith. Sometimes you can be praying for a long time. But until your prayer turns into a prophecy through the power of declaration, you're not going to access the power of faith. you got to learn how to declare it. Somebody say declare a prayer didn't do nothing for her, but a declaration caused her to conceive Samuel. You know what I'm declaring? That by the time we leave this Sunday, this is going to be the biggest sacrificial offering that our church has ever taken. That in the next 24 months, we are going to raise all the money we need. And we are going to take this Disneyland, wrap it up in a box, ship it to Disney World. The building that God has for us that has our name on the deed. I'm making a declaration. I know you didn't shout as loud for this one. Because the second you started service today... We're already six months into a three-year lease because this is not our building, but the next one will be ours. The next one will be ours. And the next one will be the one that we leave a legacy for our children if Jesus doesn't come back. And I got a feeling he wants to come back pretty soon. <laughs> but in the meanwhile, <laughs> I just believe that my prayer has to turn into a bold declaration today. There's even people watching online that because we've had physical spaces, 
Our church has grown exponentially. There's people from the Bronx here today, people from five hours away. During Easter, we had people from five different states. We had people that literally live on Long Island who didn't come to Easter, which is okay, it's not a judgment, but people from five states away stayed in hotels on Long Island for a church service because it's more than a church service, it's a movement. And God is gonna continue to increase, increase. Did you know that Easter Sunday in Northwest Indiana, we had a physical location open because there's so many watch parties. And if you're watching right now, shout out Indiana. What's happening there is so special. Hundreds of people in Indiana, including my sister. My sister. My sister. I literally got a message from my own sister who said, Doolittle, because they call me Doolittle. I don't have time to explain. <laughs> Doolittle, look at the line outside of this venue called The Art in Hobart, Indiana for V1 Church. Who would have thought? Right here. And she rededicated her life to Jesus Christ at V1 Indiana. Shout out Pastor Joe and Chrissy for having to pastor her now. It's all, that's all on you, bro. Have fun. <laughs> My sister, if I know her, she's like, amen. Yes, I will be calling you. I, I, I will be calling you. That's okay, sister. That's okay. <laughs> Make them earn that title. <laughs> Joseph had a dream. Genesis chapter 20, verse 50. After the culmination of all the haters, all the naysayers, all the doubters, all the deniers. He gets on the other side of it. He's sitting on the biggest pile of grain in a, in a famine across the land. He's second in command over Egypt. Dude wasn't even a part of their genetic lineage, but he was so good and so anointed and so favored. Come on, some of you are like priests in your workplace. Come on now. And you represent Christ in an environment that's not Christian. Can I, am I talking to anybody? It's hard being a Christian plumber. I tried it. It's hard being a, a Christian construction worker. It's hard being the body of Christ in a non-Christian environment. That's Joseph. Joseph is in that industry. He's leading the people, and then his brothers come up don't even know who he is. Sometimes God will take you so far on your journey that you're unrecognizable. People who thought they knew you have to say, I don't even know them anymore. Have you ever been not just saved? You can get saved by confessing Christ as your savior, but sanctification is that journey from going to glory to glory. That say the way I sin, I don't sin like that anymore. That the way I struggle, I don't struggle like that to the point where your countenance, your face begins to change. There's people, listen, my greatest prayer in the last year has been God, I pray that I emanate your light and your spirit so much that people know I'm a true believer before I open my mouth. And there's been two times in the last year where someone at a restaurant has come up to me and said, now one time I was in Northwest Indiana. This was just months ago. And all of a sudden I'm sitting there. This guy walks up to me. He says, hey, I know this is crazy. And it's a very weird question. But are you a Christian? And all of a sudden, a tear began to well up in my eye, and a tear came out, and he said, oh man, did I say the wrong thing? I said, no, you said the very thing I've been praying for during this whole madness of a pandemic, because there's something inside this broken jar of clay that is revealing the light of Christ in a B-dubs. 
That's Buffalo Wild Wings. I'm still on my sanctification journey, don't you judge. But, I, but guess what he told me? He goes, you know how I know? I'm a backslidden Christian. And he said, I watched you eat lunch at this place by yourself. And I said, I know that the spirit of God is inside of this guy. And he said, I was in seminary and I didn't just backslide, but I gave up on my calling. But I, I want to come back. He was like begging me to lead him back to Jesus. Isn't it amazing when the fish jump into the boat and you still got your, your pole in your hand? See, here's the thing. Why do I say that? The harvest is ready. Oh, things that were hard are not going to be hard in this next season. Mark my words. People that you begged, you're not going to have to beg anymore. People you've tried to convince, you're not going to have to convince anymore. The harvest is ready. It's white and it's ready with, come on. And see, here's the thing. I want to have a church that's ready to receive the harvest. I, and I'm telling you right now, this is a 9 a.m. service. Can you already feel that there's not going to be enough room in here real soon? Can you already tell? You know, so here's the thing. Numbers chapter 14, verse 24, I'm almost done. But because my servant Caleb has a different spirit and follows me wholeheartedly, I will bring him into the land that he went to and his descendants will inherit it. Because Caleb has a different spirit, he'll go into the promised land. Because he serves me wholeheartedly. Because Caleb's the kind of believer that will go into a baptismal with their jeans still on. <laughs> wholeheartedly. Because Caleb's the kind of believer that'll wake up at five in the morning to drive to a church service. Because Caleb's the kind of uh, a believer that will paint a church and, and will show up and will do anything that's asked of him. Because Caleb, because Caleb is wholehearted. Because Caleb don't have a plan B like the world does. Because Caleb, come on, do you hear me? Because he's wholehearted, he will go in. He will go in. I want your faith to rise up because what we're about to do as a church is going to demand your faith. Hebrews chapter 11 is the hallway, the corridor of the hall of fame of faith. And it's where we have the lives of believers, just normal people, people who struggled. Matter of fact, most of their sins are far greater than anything that us in this room or watching online have ever done. Let's be real. I think David's got us beat, you know? It's like, why committed infidelity? Okay, I guess we're the same. Why also arranged for his murder? Okay, David, you take the win on that one. <laughs> Moses, let my people go. Deliver them out of slavery and through the Red Sea. Also a murderer. Saul, totally captivated by this intellectualism and this ego and pride that caused him to elevate himself above other people and tried to cause him to believe that he had the very cornered market on all truth and that what he said was always right is on the road to Damascus literally just killed Stephen commissioned his murder one of the first apostles is now dead the early church is encountering turmoil already one of the greatest indicators that you are in a God movement is there's going to be pain, there's going to be loss, there's going to be suffering, there's going to be struggle. And any kind of gospel that tries to get you out of it is not the true gospel. We're not trying to get out of the struggle, we're trying to go through it. 
Jesus didn't try to get out of the cross. Jesus said, give me the whole thing. Because when they place that crown of thorns on my head, they will never struggle with a thought ever again. Give me the crown of thorns. I want it all. They'll never struggle with their thought life again because I will pay the price. Pierce me in my side because when the water flows out and it goes into my heart and the blood begins to remove, their emotions will be tethered to the gospel and they will never waver in their feelings ever again. And their very emotions will be anchored in the spear that struck my side. Give me the cross because when I stretch my arms wide, the whole world will fit inside my embrace. Give me all the pain so that they can have all the provision of power. So to be a true Christ follower is to say, bring it on. I'm gonna give like it hurts. I'm gonna give like a mother. <laughs> Birth is painful. That's why you love your mother. Because it cost her. She gave like a mother. And some of you want people to love you and adore you, but you haven't learned how to give like a mother. On social media, you want the fans and the followers and the likes and the comments and the reshares, but you haven't learned how to give like a mother. You know why you can't go in the hood and say, yo mama? Because their mama's the only person who's given to them. Give like a mother. Sacrifice like a father. Oh yeah, my sexuality didn't die when I got married. I choose not to cheat because I love your mother and I'm gonna honor the sacred ways of God. I'm gonna sacrifice like a father and I'm gonna give like a mother. I say it like a New Yorker so it hits harder. I, I was gonna tell you, turn to your neighbor and say, you're a mother, but it's too far. I haven't been in a church in a while. I've been walking the streets of Queens trying to get people saved with my phone in my face. But being a good husband, it hurts. Being a pastor hurts. Being a preacher hurts. Walking this sacred path costs you your whole heart. Oh, I wish I had their marriage. Pay the price, you will. Oh, I wish I had a church building like that. Pay the price, you will. Your opinion is a high price toll on the road to greatness. Stop paying your opinion and start paying the price. Here's what I wanna say to our church. If you outlive me, <laughs> let's make a deal. You wanna make a deal? If you outlive me, I want you to walk past my casket and say, this man believed all things were possible. <laughs> I want you to look at my face if you outlive me. I know this is morbid, but I'm talking about one word right now, legacy. This man wasn't crazy in his own head. He was crazy for Jesus. And he actually believed more about my life than I ever did. He believed more about Long Island than I ever did. He believed more about Indiana than I ever did. He believed more about South Africa and Asia and Australia. But let my faith just be the ember that lights your fire today. 
Because what I'm calling you to right now is a big deal. I'm just gonna be straight up with you. It's a big deal. Hebrews chapter 11 says this. I want you to hear this, okay? Now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. This is what the ancients were commended for. You know, isn't it funny? It's like the more modern we become, the more stupid we become. You ever notice we're getting dumber? As a civilization, we're more confused. We're more educated and more confused. You have more degrees than the thermostat, but have no idea what to do with your life. And we're increasing in knowledge and decreasing in certainty. But it says the ancients were commended for their faith because no one, they didn't need more information. They had faith. So I'm not gonna give you that much more information for this sermon. I'm gonna pray for an activation of faith because what's gonna happen here in the next several moments has to be between you and God. It's nothing I can do for you. You have to do it with God. Is that cool? And watching online as well. So what we're gonna do, and I want you to prepare your heart, is ask the Lord, what are you requiring of me? But before I do that, you know, so many stories in the baptismal, so many stories online, even the testimonies daily, our connect groups more than tripled from people all around the world. My parents are retired, but inspired by the Holy Spirit leading Western European time zone connect group. If you're watching now, we love you. And this whole church has taken on a new life, but this moment, I don't want you to miss, but I, I thought to myself, the stories, like listening to Herman's story, and I remember the first time I met so many of you, but I want you to hear a couple of stories because I believe that these people will show you what God's been doing through this house. Are you ready? Can you come on out, Christina? Can you guys just give Christina a hand? Thank you. Thank you, Pastor Mike. So they asked me to come up and share a little bit of my story. And I started thinking, I'm like, all right, well, what has V1 done for me? What has V1 meant to me? Where have I come from? And I've been a Christian my whole life. I grew up in the church. I grew up with parents that stewarded my faith and we attended weekly and then I sort of just fell off because I couldn't find a home church where I felt safe. And I started coming to V1. I was here about week two and I walked in and like, that was, I think my first real Holy Spirit encounter. They were, he was like, that's your church. And I was like, but this is really far. And he's like, no, that's your church. So out from Brooklyn, I started coming every week and I'm listening to all these testimonies of new believers. And like, God does amazing things when you take that first step and you commit your life to him. That's such a monumental change in everyone's life, right? So many of you have experienced that and I've watched that. But I've been a believer my whole life and I don't know why I put this limit on God to say like, there's no big miracle coming, there's no big testimony because I've been following the right path on where I'm supposed to be going. But God, did God move. <laughs> so I decided I was gonna give. This was the first church that I've ever been a member of that I set up reoccurring giving. I followed God's calling. I was like, I'm gonna do it, I'll test him. But I'm a city employee, I'm contracted. I'm not gonna be able to get a raise. I'm not gonna be able to get a promotion. It just doesn't work when you're a teacher. That's not what it is. But I was like, all right, God, let's see what happens. And I needed to go into a therapy program that 
Insurance doesn't cover. It's a $10,000 program. And I had reached this point where I needed it. And I was just praying. And I was like, God, what am I going to do? I don't have $10,000 just sitting around to put myself in this program. So I picked up the phone. I made one more phone call. And this place was like, oh, you're a city employee? We take your insurance. You don't have to pay a penny for a $10,000 program. Like, where, where is that? How is that even a thing? And the best part was, it was four blocks from my job. So I could finish the day, finish teaching, go over. And I'm in this program, and I just found support in this church and in this community in a way that I didn't know was possible. I've had men step up, and they've told me, when you bring someone home, they got to come through me. I have found fathers. I have found brothers. I have found the protection that I didn't know even existed in this church, in this home. And there I was on a platform in Ukraine with a translator standing next to me telling the story of how sexual abuse does not define you. It doesn't matter where you came from, what you've done, God can redeem you. Whether you're a new believer today, whether you just made the commitment or whether this has been a lifelong journey, he can do it for you. So you need to take that step, take that faith, just move forward and let him work through you because he is faithful and his promises are true. I am so grateful to my pastors at V1. I'm so grateful to the community that I've met. This is, this is home. There's nowhere else I would rather be. I don't care about the three hours of traffic I've sat in to get to worship rehearsals. This is my home. And this is your home and we are so grateful to have you here with us today. <laughs> Come on, you can do better than that. Oh. Can I just, can I say, if you guys just affirm this, how many people have you seen at this church go from literally like unhealthy to healthy? Like you literally watch the transformation, am I right? You see people like in their mind and their emotions and their body, it's just crazy to see you preached. She stepped out, you know, we believe in missions. This church has never stopped supporting missions. We've never stopped supporting the nations and she has a heart for the nations. And was that your first time telling your testimony? Yeah, publicly declaring, man, come on. I believe something was unlocked in you, gifting, gifting. You guys feel that? Well, I just want you to hear one more story. We have Angela, I don't know where she's at. Come on, let's give it up. Come on. <laughs> Come on. Oh. I had to drink extra water for the tears today. Go ahead. Hi. <laughs> um, Christina, thank you for sharing all of that. Um, so I'm Angela. I, I came here. I'm going to talk to the people that came here that weren't believers, who didn't know Jesus who didn't know who God was or what the Holy Spirit was. Um, I was led here by one of my friends and I was like, you know what, I 
I need something. I was lost. I was in a position where promiscuity was the answer to things to get love. Um, and I understand your story, Christina. I understand that where you're trying to find love in all the wrong places, all of the men and everything, whatever it was, you just wanted to feel accepted. I came here for the first time, November 12th, 2017. I will never forget. I committed my life to Christ. He was, Pastor Mike was talking about commitment that day. And I was like, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to commit to Jesus. He seems like a pretty good guy. <laughs> and just the atmosphere and the love that I actually experienced from every single one of the Dream Team members, all of our leaders, all of our pastors. And I believe that it just started to bring a new light in me. And... Um, I'm going to get a little emotional, but um, after I started coming, my mom started coming, and then my sister started coming, and then my dad started coming, and my dad got baptized today. We didn't know who Jesus was. We didn't know who he was, but from the love of everyone here, from the love of our pastors, it is now a legacy. It is going to be generational. All the generational curses that were over my family, they are gone. They are gone, and it can happen for you. It can happen for all of you. All of the chains can be broken over your life. Commit your life to Jesus. Commit your life to Jesus. He loves you. He loves you. He loves you. He loves you. You see what I'm talking about? Okay, just take a seat. We only have 27 more minutes. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Okay, so I want you to do something. Just focus with me. We're just, we're about to land the plane. No pun intended. Thanks, Kiel. <laughs> Pastor Kiel loves dad jokes with me. So I want you to do something right now. This is what I'm gonna ask you to do. It's gonna be weird, but I want you to imagine V1 Church never happened. Imagine the Holy Spirit told me in my garage in Valparaiso, Indiana to come to New York to serve you. And I said, it's too high a price to pay. Because when I hear these stories, there couldn't be any other way. But imagine I heard, because that's how this church started. I was in my garage where I used to drink alcohol, get drunk, and play rock and roll. I know that sounds like a good time, Aaron, but it's not. <laughs> I'm just trying to lighten it because I've never cried so much and my head hurts. And I had given my life fully to Jesus, and I said, I'm done with all that stuff. You know, there comes a time where you put away childish things. And I started puberty when I was probably 12. <laughs> I'm Italian, okay? The beard came in about 14. <laughs> but I became a man in my 20s. 
because it was in my late 20s when I started birthing this idea of I'm putting away childish things because I had been stuck in baby mode. Me, me, me. Babies don't serve anybody. That's why we have to have a whole station to serve them next door. They can't do nothing for themselves. Have you ever had a baby before? They are the most selfish creatures. <laughs> Worthless, really. <laughs> and to be a baby, the only reason why we love them is because they look a little like us, because we're selfish too. <laughs> and we say, well, I guess I'll take care of this little alien because it looks like me. <laughs> but to be a baby is to be fully selfish and dependent. And all you do is take. Baby Christians never give in the offering. <laughs> Baby Christians never join the dream team. Baby Christians don't ever sacrifice. They just come for themselves. But in my garage, when the Holy Spirit said, this is how he told me the phrase. This is why I'm pretty sure I'll, I'll end up being buried by the Jackie Robinson. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm a mess. The, way, the exact phrase, see, because when Christina told her, when he said, the, didn't you, she, she's a she. <laughs> Did, didn't the Holy, you said the first encounter you had with the Holy Spirit, like speaking, you happened in V1 Church? Walking into the door? So the first time you felt that you audibly heard the Holy Spirit was walking into V1, he said, this is your church. So when you know you heard from the Holy Spirit, you just can't be talked out of it. And so the way the Holy Spirit told me when, all those years ago is he said, go to New York and serve those people with your life. He didn't say with your preaching. He didn't say with your worship leading gift and your, 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 your guitar playing, even though I wish he did. He said, serve them with your whole life. The way that you love your wife serves them. The way that you love your children serves them. The way that you give in the offering when they never see your finances serves them. The way that you move and you breathe and you smile through the pain serves them. Serve them with your whole life. And I knew what he was asking me was such a high call. And so here we are. We got this far. And the reason why I'm crying my eyes out is because I'm asking you to join me. This is not about money. This is about legacy. So I don't know what the Holy Spirit's gonna tell you. He might tell you, well, you never give, so just start giving. It's not even sacrificial. And then for you, that feels like sacrifice. Just like when you never work out and you go to the gym, you're like, wow, that whooped my butt. You know, it's like, okay, cool, you moved today. <laughs> That's my story. But there's gonna be two rounds of people and then we're gonna end. Round number one, you never give, and I just wanna call you to a place where you would sign up for reoccurring giving and make it a part of the discipline of your life to tithe. So if you don't tithe and this has convicted you, just start tithing. Our church could have already bought a building if everyone who's a member tithed, that's the truth. I'm just bringing it to you real. So many times you think a lot of people give, but I, they don't, I just save a lot <laughs> and drive a Yukon from 2005. And that's how we have this is I'm just very frugal. But if everyone tithed, I mean, the Jews all tithe and they run whole sections of Brooklyn. <laughs> if the Christians all tithe, we can own whole sections of Long Island. 
So just tithe. And a tithe is 10%. If you don't know how to do the math, Dean, one of the ushers will help you. Because I know that math changed. I'm, I'm, I'm older, but they have this new math and nobody knows how to do math. So if you have new math and you're confused, just go to an usher. Tell them how much you make and they'll tell you how to steward your finances. And then you'll have stories. But if you've already gotten to that point, I want you to do this. At every seat, there's a, a card. And this card is, uh, looks like this. And it's altitude. And here's the thing about altitude in an airplane. The goal of an airplane is to get up to a certain altitude where the air is very thin. Because when you get up to thin air, the fuel economy is better. There's no storms. You actually fly above the storm. When our church was renting movie theaters and now we're renting this, we're still flying below the storm. Do you guys hear me? We're flying below the storm. And we have to get this church to a higher altitude because this is just the first building that we're gonna buy, not the last. I believe we're gonna own buildings all over the world before this thing is over. And so if you're watching online right now, you know what I love about New York City, that immigrant life. You can't stop a family that comes over and says, hey, we'll all live in the same house and pay it off and we'll end up owning the whole block in the same time you only own one house because we understand selfless sacrifice. That's why immigrants, you can't, they come to New York City and they end up taking over a whole neighborhood. It becomes their ethnic identity because their whole family's like, let's do this thing. Yeah. We're in it together. V1 Church are like these pilgrims, sojourners, immigrants from heaven. <laughs> We're like heaven's immigrants that are like, we'll all sleep in the same room. We'll do whatever we gotta do to pay this thing off so we can go to the next level. We're sacrificial. So take a look at this card. And on this card is a 24-month commitment. It's a pledge. In order to do this, this will be separate than your tithe. It's a separate drop-down, which means you'll have to give through the drop-down for your tithe and then give through the drop-down for this. Or you can set your tithe and this up for reoccurring. But this is a 24-month commitment. What John Maxwell's Enjoy organization believes our church can do is $1.1 million in 24 months. Now that's when they looked at all of our data. I said, yeah, but, the, but you don't understand our people because they love a challenge. That's why many of them haven't moved out of New York yet. We're crazy. We like it hard. So let's do this, guys, before 24 months. Let's go reckless abandon. Let's go wholehearted. Let's be like Caleb. Let the old ones say, I've seen the promised land. I saw revival. The preachers of my youth said it was coming and I got to live in revival days. Let the old say, I'm dreaming dreams now. Let the young say, ah, prophecy just leapt out of my mouth because he's pouring out his spirit among all flesh. So I want you to do this. Will you stand to your feet? I want, there's a pen at every table. Our exec pastor, Josh Hamster, said they're COVID-free pens. We just opened them up out of the package. <laughs> COVID-free pen. If you're watching online, I want you to participate because today is the day that we are doing two things. We are giving our biggest gift that we've ever given, and then we're committing to the pledge for the next 24 months. That's what we're doing. We're doing two things. 
And I believe that there's gonna be some crazy testimonies that happen out of these services today that are movement makers. You know, I heard this story a long time ago because I want you to meditate on this. This guy said he was taken up to heaven in a vision. And when he was in heaven, he said they got to the throne of God. And all of a sudden, God twitched his finger and angels were thrown in every direction. And the angels got up off the ground. They're like, whoa, that was amazing. And he asked this guy next to him, he said, what just happened? He said, oh, there was a little woman on earth whose faith just moved God. (laughs) And he think about the physical action of moving God on the throne in heaven, where he sees the decision you're about to make. And he's like, now, see, the Bible says, for without faith, it's impossible to please him. I wanna be a person who pleases God. So in this moment, here's what I want you to do. You fill this card out, and we're believing for 100% participation. 100% participation. And then you put on here what you're committing to, and you can look here. And for many of you, this is gonna be bold. Some of you are like, no, the Lord's already dealt with my heart, and I just know why I did it, and you just confirmed it this whole service. Pastor Mike, I'm already in. We've already been collecting money towards this building, people, this building fund. How many of you know Disneyland is awesome, but we're going to Disney World? (laughs) Like this building's awesome, but we're just getting started. So what we're gonna do is we're just gonna sing for a few moments, okay? Not a long time, because the Holy Spirit's been dealing with hearts. I want families to come together. Grab your wife, grab your spouse, grab your children if they're here with you. If you're single, grab onto the Holy Spirit. He's enough. He is enough. And I want you to say, okay, what do I do with this, God? Because V1's going to a higher altitude and I'm gonna take us there. I'm putting, somebody's gonna be like, I'm putting jet fuel in the engine. Stocks, bonds, properties, clearing it out. Somebody's gonna get moved. So let's sing, get into your families, get into a prayer time, grab this card and let the Holy Spirit speak with you and then I'll give you the next step. You can take your pen and start filling it out now, your pen at your chair and just begin to fill it out, partner with God. So just take the few moments right now. Let me just pray. Let me just pray. Let me just, let me just pray while you're making this decision. Now, there's gonna be two ways that you can give in this moment. One is giving through the mobile app. 
So the mobile app is the best way to give digitally. If you have a check or if you have cash, you can also give. But we have this receptacle here that our team made that is absolutely ridiculous. And there is a little luggage. This is the level of V1, okay? Like a little luggage. And what this represents is we believe that all around the world, people are gonna be blessed and receive the gospel through this house. And this, this investment you're making is gonna change the world. Everybody talks about wanting to change the world. This is how we do it, right? So I want you to, you could take your little luggage symbolically, you could put cash or check in here. And we're gonna actually create an opportunity where you can come up here and give your gift into this. You can little drop it down from the airplane into the slide and have fun. We're just having fun with it. Because giving is fun because we trust God that much. It's fun, we trust God that much. And I want you to take this card and I just want you guys to just drop it into this big luggage right here. And we're just gonna commit. So just give your gift through the mobile app and just give generously, give lavishly, just pour out that perfume upon Jesus, what he's laying on your heart to give generously. And then as a, just a public declaration, just take your card and then you can begin to come. So here's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna pray right now. I just want everyone to pray with me. We're gonna sing that song as everybody is just bringing their gifts here, preparing them and bring them. You ready? Heavenly Father, I thank you right now that just as you spoke to me in my garage, and I obeyed your voice. And now what they meant for harm has been for the saving of many. Lord, just like Christina, just like Angela, divinely heard your voice and responded. And now it's for the saving of many. We hear you now, God. This financial gift is holy. This financial gift belongs to you. It builds your kingdom. It comes back pressed down, shaken together, running over. It will be added unto my bosom. And we are changing course. We are changing altitude and we are giving above and beyond sacrificially as an activation of our faith in Jesus' name. Can somebody shout amen, amen. So you can begin to bring your gifts now. Thanks so much for listening. We know that your life was impacted through this message. So we want to ask that you would take the next step with us. Download the V1 Church app. That's going to be the best place that we can serve you by inviting you into a connect group. You can listen to past messages and get connected with your V1 Church family wherever you're at in the globe. We also want to ask that if you were impacted by this word today, consider partnering with us financially to help get these messages out to the world and impact more people with the power of Jesus Christ. We can't wait to see you next week for the next episode of the V1 Church Podcast.